Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm responsible, but you're accountable. And that's what I used to tell the players. I'm responsible for you guys, but you're accountable. And so I made them become coaches. I made them teach in the classroom. And that's what made it so unique. Mike Waffle is a retired NFL defensive line coach. He most recently served as the defensive line coach for the Buffalo Bills. He also served as the line coach for the Oakland Raiders from 1998 to 2003 and coached in Super Bowl 37. He was defensive line coach for the New York Giants from 2004 to 2009 and he won Super Bowl 42 in 2007. In that game, the defensive line's performance is generally credited with being a decisive factor. He returned to the Raiders in 2010 and 11 and from 2012 to 16, he was the defensive line coach for the Rams under Jeff Fisher. He coached the Buffalo Bills defensive line in 2017. In this segment from the 2022 Cool Clinic, he shares how his classroom was unique and then goes into what he says is the most important part of playing defensive line, the get-off. And he has six components which he goes into which they repped every single day. While he focuses his presentation on defensive line play, there's a lot to learn here about teaching your players regardless of the position in how to master their technique. The entire talk is available on CoachTube, and the link in the show notes will give you 25% off. It's definitely worth adding to your library. The 2023 Cool Clinic has been launched. Be sure to take advantage of early bird savings by going to cool2023 at coachesclinic.com. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 
to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. A lot of guys from every era that I coached that call me up and said, you know what, coach, the thing we miss the most is the classroom. And I had a unique classroom. And I wanted to pass that on to you first because, yes, we're going to talk technique and all that. But the classroom was different because of these three things. On every blackboard, I had 1837 written on the board. And what that is, is that Ralph Waldo Emerson said in 1837 that it's very difficult to be simple enough to be good. We deal with athletes. Athletes need to perform. They've got to have it in their brain so they can go at a high level. And one of the next things that I had on the board was spaced repetitions. Doing the same thing over and over and over again. Spaced repetitions will equal habits. Then habits equals instincts. And when they get close to being an instinctive player, now winning comes about. And winning comes out at a high percentage once you get to that level. And the other thing I had on there was from Sun Tzu. If you know thy enemy and you know thyself, you know, shall not fear the results of a thousand battles. And I used to have the whole classroom recite that all the time. And what I did in that classroom, I learned when I was in New York, I met with Mayor Giuliani. He says, I have a sign on my desk, Mike. It says, I'm responsible, but you're accountable. And that's what I used to tell the players. I'm responsible for you guys, but you're accountable. And so I made them become coaches. I made them teach in the classroom. And that's what made it so unique. When I first got to the Rams, I had the guys on the board. I had really, really smart guys at the, at the Giants, you know, with Strahan, Humanura, Tuck, and, and all that group. They all had test scores. In fact, uh, the quarterback's test score, you know, in the, had the highest Wonderlick average, you know, because Eli almost aced it. You know, Eli Manning and then the quarterbacks were number one, but the defensive line on the entire team was number two as far as intelligence. And this is really where I started it at. You know, we won the Super Bowl there and beat Tom Brady, undefeated New England Patriots. But this is where I started teaching it that way in the classroom where they took ownership. And I would just go around the room and I'd say, okay, uh, Michael, you're up. All right. He had to identify the entire formation. He had to identify any motions. They had to identify the offensive play, and they had to coach every single guy on the defensive line. Did it take some time? Yes. But it was a lot of fun because anytime they screwed up, we had open season. You could punk them anywhere you wanted to. And so the guys loved it, you know. And so there was a lot of open verbalization there, but there was an awful lot of learning going on at the same time. And so it was, you know, I, I wanted to just pass that on because it was a very, very, very productive classroom environment, and the guys loved it. The one thing I did come up with with um, an offensive formation identification form is that the offensive line and the quarterback, whether he's behind the center or in shotgun, are going to always be there. I mean, they're sure there's a tackle over now and then, but for the most part, okay, those six out of the 11 on offense are always going to be there. And so how I did for formation identification is I said, find the basketball team, find the basketball team. Okay. Cause five left over. Okay. The basketball team always ends with the end of the alphabet X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z is the beginning of the basketball team. Okay. And then I put an R on there for the running back. So every offensive formation, whether it was 21 personnel, 
it was 12 personnel, 11 personnel, a 10 personnel, you had to do some substitution, 22 personnel, you had to do an extra substitution. But for the most part, X, Y, Z, R were always there. So if it was 21 personnel, okay, they'd get up on the board and write X, Y, Z, and R on the board on that formation. And then they had to do the location of the fullback, okay? So the F would go up there. It was 12 personnel. It would be X, Y, Z, R. Then you had the H back, the second tight end. If it was 11 personnel, it'd be X, Y, Z, R, and then W for the extra wide receiver or whatever, however you did it. But it's fast, it's furious. The other thing that I taught about formations was this. If it's two backs, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is I. Well, then it's either I near or I far or very rare split backs. But the first thing that comes out of your mouth is I. So that when they came out with the two backs. And the other thing that I taught them in that classroom, taught Japanese business techniques. Japanese business techniques were you take the information in, you keep your mouth shut. And when you speak, you sound like an intellectual. And it doesn't matter. Everybody had all kinds of backgrounds, defensive linemen, but I wanted them to be professional. And there was no oohs. There was no ahs. There was no okays. Uh, when you spoke, you gathered your thoughts. You didn't have to say an awful lot. Kept it simple. But you were able to present yourself that way. And then a funny story, William Hayes, I asked him a question. And it was, you know, about 40, after 45 seconds, the guys were humming a Jeopardy song. And then I go, William, and he goes, Japanese business techniques, coach, give me the time, you know, and we did, but it was, it was hilarious, but it's such a good way of giving them confidence. And I found this, that the confidence level for those down the line guys that weren't the number one draft choices, they were the free agents and their intelligent level in the whole room rose that the game became simpler to them. It became uh, slower to them not faster. They were able to identify the game slowed down because of their knowledge and they're able to, to control it, you know, much better, you know, on offense, we know where and when the ball is, we know where it's going and we know when on defense, it's all reaction. The big thing is, is seeing that big, big picture made a huge difference, a huge difference in the classroom. The next thing I always wanted to teach, and that's what I'm going to do today is the wise. And I've been trying to find it and I just haven't been able to find the gentleman he was a defense coordinator, but he was a defensive back coach at Temple for Bruce Aarons back in the mid-80s. And he was an offense-defense camp out in, in uh, Roanoke Park, you know, when they had it out in, in north of San Francisco. And he told me, he says, Mike, he goes, it's very important, like when you teach, that you teach the whys. Why are you doing it? If they understand the whys, then it becomes part of them. And so to begin my presentation technically, or the technical part of it, it is, oh no, I want to say one thing else right there. For the one thing else about the, about the uh, before I go on, okay? This is very important. For the rest of your teaching career, for the rest of your career, if there's two backs in the backfield, it's two backs. That's a no-brainer. But if there's one back in the backfield, it's either two by two or it is three by one, no matter what. Two by two or three by one within the formation. I used to tell the players, I said, look to your right. See how many receivers are out there? If it was one, obviously it's three by one. I looked out there and it was two, no brainer, it's two by two. The speed of the identification of the formations and then the probabilities, okay? We play the percentages of what the play is going to be really help the situation. I think you can do the math on that one and figure it out.
Now back to the presentation, okay? So the most important concept in defensive line play is get off. Why? Because you need to close the distance between yourself and the blocker. Now, I had the opportunity to talk with two of the fearsome foursomes. I had the opportunity to talk to the third one, and I didn't. I was a dumb. I was dumb. Okay, that I didn't. Uh, Merlin Olson obviously played at Utah State, and he was the one I didn't spend a lot of time with researching. But he was the brains of the outfit. Okay, when I talked to Rosie Greer and I talked to Deacon Jones, and then. Uh, obviously, Merlin passed it on to Jack Youngblood. Jack Youngblood was my assistant at the Rams, you know, and, and he used to come and hang out with us. It was great. But some of these principles were taught to me and learned from that fearsome foursome unit. And they were obviously who they were. They said, right now, you got to close the distance, all right, between the blocker. The part of that whole situation obviously has to be done with get off. I'm going to give you six things right now that I did for get off. And I started the day with get off every single day. Now I had a stick ball with a ball on it, but the reason I did that is so I could stand up and I could observe and I could see as far as alignments and, and what they're looking at. But the number one thing I would say is eyes, eyes. In the classroom, I tested them. I tested them to find out what their dominant eye was, okay? So if you just take your fingers like this and you make a little diamond shape, all right? You can see the diamond shape, kind of get it in there, a little diamond shape at the end of your fingers right there. And then you hold that out in front of yourself and between your eyes and keep it, hold it right out in the middle of your nose, but extend your arms away from your body and you get that diamond shape and you fixate something in the middle of that diamond. And then you close your right eye and then uh, your left eye is looking, at, looking through there, okay? And then you close your, your left eye and... And then whatever object you were looking at through the middle of that diamond is your dominant eye. And I found it's funny, but over the years, most defensive linemen are left eye dominant. I'm left eye dominant, but it's kind of funny of, the, of, of that particular trait. You know, it's just charting. But I would say eyes, eyes. And I would want them to focus, focus with their dominant eye. That's all they're thinking about is their dominant eye. Okay, so they're not just doing get offs, just, you know, you're, 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 you're taking a body part and you're focusing on it. And so with the dominant eye, okay, I would want them to look at the football, which is the back tip of the football. So got a football around here somewhere. Got a wounded warrior football right here. Okay, so, so if you look at this right here, so if this part of the football is going towards the quarterback right here, that end, that's what I call the back tip of the football. And they would take their eyes and see as little as possible and look at that back tip of the football with their eyes, with that eye, to see, see little. And so the whole thing with, with, with uh, seeing little like that, if you're in an exercise physiology lab, which is my background, I was more as an exercise physiologist than a football coach. That's what turned me on. That's why I stayed on the defensive line. I had my little my little Marine Corps recon unit. I had my little Navy SEAL unit. Okay, a bunch of badasses. And I, I enjoyed, I couldn't pull myself out of that classroom. But most of my, the things that I did were with pure body mechanics. With the eyes now, if you're a free safety and you're looking at the entire formation, all right, and you're seeing it three by one or two by two, if it's one back or two backs and you find the two side with the strength of the formation. But if you're looking at it, your reaction time is a lot slower. Then if you're looking 
at this back tip of the football, zero it in. Your reaction time will be much quicker the less you see. The less you see, the quicker you get off. It was so necessary for them to be able to improve their get off by training their vision. Eyes are everything for defense. It's the reaction time. You need to train their eyes. Eyes are everything on defense because of reaction. The second thing that I had was the power foot. Okay, so why did I call it the power foot? Well, power in the uh, exercise physiology lab, it's force times velocity. Force is strength. Velocity is speed. Power is force times velocity. So when you talk about power, all I do is I think about the power clean. The power clean, the force, the power comes through the balls of the feet. And it comes up, all that energy comes up through the entire body from the balls of the feet to be able to get that weight, to be able to rack it and up by your shoulders, to be able to rack it from the strength and the speed of the movement of that bar at the exact same time. So when I'm talking about the power foot, when you're in your stance, it is the up foot in your stance. The up foot, the foot that you push off with when you're running the 100 meters of the 40-yard dash, it's that foot. And what you do mentally when it's the next repetitions where we get off on the football, I say power foot, power foot. They generate power mentally, no different than doing a power clean on the ball of the foot, on the up foot in their stance, the power foot, the power foot. That's the next focus of get off. Get off is pretty complicated with me. It's very important. Now, the next one is the first step. The first step has to come towards the down hand in the stance. That first step comes towards the down hand. So if you step in the middle of your stance, you're not in a very good position to play ball. If you step out wider than your hand, you're not in a good position. But if you step towards your hand, you're no different than a golfer. You're no different than a shortstop. You're no different than a point guard. You're in a great athletic position, a great athletic base, so that you can use the big muscles in your body to be able to get your job done. So that first step was so important that they needed to, in their mind, to have that foot go right towards their hand and they could feel that athletic base underneath their body. So the next two reps are on the fifth and sixth reps of get off. It's first step, first step towards your hand, towards your hand, towards your hand. The fourth segment of get off is gain green grass they had so much fun i had these you know i worked in a 10 yard area only with get off but they had so much fun racing for five yards and i'd video it and it gain green grass when i say gain green grass it was amazing how they could reach with their feet and reach with their feet it was just amazing how they're able to train their legs to eat up grass on that football field and close the distance between themselves and the blocker, between themselves and the running back, between themselves and the quarterback. It's very important for them to gain green grass, but you have to train it. You have to train it. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference as a sprinter. Everybody's fast. Everybody's quick in the National Football League, but this just enhances their God's gifts to another level. The next phase is, is run hands. John Frella, he coached in the league a little bit. He's, he's in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, coaching at a Christian school right now, and very proud of him. But 
when he used to get off and I was at the Raiders and he used to take his hands right now and cross his thumbs. So he crossed the thumbs right there. He'd come up to bam, have his hands up right now and cross the thumbs. Well, two things happen when you cross the thumbs. Everybody, of course, the offensive line coaches, you want to keep your hands nice and tight. But when you come up and you cross your thumbs as quickly as you possibly can, you're focusing on keeping those hands tight. The cross thumbs, it's almost like a sight on a rifle, right? When you look at it right there, but you see that that cross thumbs, cross thumbs right now, it's an emphasis. So you're getting off just like you are. You're, you're getting off with your eyes, power foot, your first step, and then suddenly, bam, you're crossing your thumbs. And they have to hold that, hold those arms out extended for five yards, just as an emphasis. It looks kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's an emphasis. So you're thinking about your get off but you're also thinking about crossing your thumbs and having your hands in great position, being able to control the blocker. And you'll see how this all folds into the next part of it. All right. So now you go from the cross thumbs. Now, the other thing is this, if I take my hand right here and I have my thumb up, my bones and my, everything is aligned with this arm and everything is lined in a power position. As I turn my elbow out, like this, and I know a lot of pass blocking, of course, you obviously you're there, but I am not as strong towards the midline of the body with my thumb like this, but as soon as I turn my thumb up, the strength levels increase because of the alignment of the bones in the body. Take it for what it is, see if you can do something with it, but it works good for defensive line play. And then the next thing that I did, the last step of get offs remember we start out with eyes i went to power foot first step fourth thing was gain green grass fifth thing was run hands then it was rush hands and that's what part of this past rush presentation the rush hands i'm going to get into later on but the coolest thing was as they came off and they got off out of their stances right there everything was on air as far as the rush hands I would give them the rush and they had to perform it on air at a hundred miles an hour. And Pat Hill, you know, he was a great offensive line coach, ended up being the head coach at Fresno State. He was the offensive line coach when I coached at Fresno State. And, and Pat, I used to go, what's it, what's it, what's it? That's how fast I wanted them to perform it. And he goes, why don't you just say 12? That's, that, it would be more efficient for how quick you want those guys to perform their technique. But that's what they would do. They'd get off on the football for that five yards, man, and they just, they'd be, they're moving. They look like martial artists, gaining green grass, performing the technique on air. And that last phase, again, in the get off was rush hands. So eyes, power foot, first step, gain green grass, run hands, rush hands. So now you get 12, and I, I did rush hands. We go through all the rushes. So it's anywhere it goes from really around 14 to 16 repetitions of get off. And it's not just get off. You're not just coming off the ball. You're developing these mental patterns of spaced repetitions. You're developing those habits. You're developing the instincts in their bodies to be able to help the reaction time. Very important. If I was to go back today, Marinelli used to put us through on that Gilman sled. I used to do that thing, man. I saw guys drop on the grass, and, it, and the grass was up around their ears because they were sucking for air. He would try to kill us on that Gilman sled. We did the Gilman sled forever. I did it all the way up to the Bills, and I started feeling it 
I started telling the players is this is, this is the way it is. It's bone on bone. It's flesh on flesh. If I was to go back today, I wouldn't have any equipment. I say tough. You signed up for this bone on bone, flesh on flesh. There's not enough time with all the NCAA rules. There's not enough time in high school. There's not enough time in the national football league anymore to be able to get the number of repetitions that are needed to be able to master this technique. So the more you go bone on bone, flesh on flesh, the better it is. And I just apologize, you know, to, that's, that's just the way it is. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be full speed. I used to call it MMT, master my technique. Okay, Aaron Donald still does this. He's taught the Rams guys, they've done it for years, master my technique. I spoke with Robert Quinn before the season. I said, Robert, I've seen your pass rush just slip away, slip away. You were a great pass rusher at the Rams. OCU Manure was the absolute most beautiful right end as far as technique. I said, you were close to OC. I said, you're so far away from where you were at. You need to go back to MMT. And he did. And he ended up, he did. That's all he did. That's all he did this season. He went back to going in, going through slow-mo. And this is a great time when you have special teams. It's great pre-practice and a great post-practice thing, okay, that you can have. And any time in practice, when the offense is up, you can be doing MMT in slow-mo, doing the technique over and over and over again. And I used to look over there and I'd, I'd see uh, Chris Long and, and William Hayes and they're over there visiting. And I said, gentlemen, do you have a thousand reps yet? Obviously not. Okay. And I said, well, when you get a thousand reps, let me know. There's not enough time in a day. There's not enough time to develop these mental patterns. I'm, I'm 67 years old. My hands are as quick as a cat because I've been boxing my entire life. I box once a week. Okay. I and I go through the same mental patterns, the same patterns that Mike Tyson was taught from Custy Amano. I go through the punch patterns of one and two are the, are the hook. They're the knockout punches really to cross the jaw. Okay. Three, four are the uppercuts. Uh, five and six are the, are the body. And then the uh, seven is a jab and the eight is a cross, man. Okay. So uh, like two jabs right there. So I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I go through all kinds of combinations. My favorite punch combination is eight, three, two. All right. Which is a Jab, it's a jab cross with an uppercut, all right, with a hook. But these mental patterns are no different, no different. If you were to look at me doing that stuff at 67 years old and see the quickness in my hands, you'd be impressed. But all it is is years and years and years of training, years and years of training. And, and I'm not giving into that old man shit either, okay? But it's years and years of training, okay, and being able to develop those mental patterns. And these mental patterns, so important. I don't care how many times you say eyes. I don't care how many times you say gain green grass. I don't care how many times you say run hands. They need to do that over and over and over again. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. 
To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Thank you again for listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. The entire talk from Coach Waffle from the 2022 clinic is available on CoachTube. The link in the show notes will get you 25% off. Also, be sure to register for the 2023 Cool Clinic at cool2023coachesclinic.com and take advantage of early bird savings. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.